What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 216. Uh, apologies ahead of time. A little uh, congested today. I'm losing my voice a little bit. Uh, so if I'm a little uh, squeaky or uh, coughing in the mic, I'm going to try to stop as much as I can. But uh, fair warning. Um, Super Bowl, obviously, coming up this Sunday. Uh, that's going to be a big topic. Uh a return to, uh, I guess, past greatness in Boston with the Red Sox, maybe, perhaps. We'll we'll get more and more into that after the Super Bowl talk, and uh, maybe some awards discussion if we have enough time. Uh, which always seems weird to say when this isn't a live show. If we have enough time, like no one's kicking us off, so it's like, yeah, we have time, but it's kind of what we have to say in case we're running too long and we're like, eh, we're good. <laughs> uh. Super Bowl this Sunday, all the two weeks of talking and posturing and media appearances and jokes and seriousness and dissecting it from every single possible existing angle. Uh, it's all going to come down to 60 minutes on the field. I mean, I, to be honest, even when the Patriots were in the Super Bowl, I can't take Super Bowl media week. I can't take any of it. I barely watch because it's always it's like. Tom Brady was seen cracking his knuckles. Is this going to affect his throwing hand? And there's like nine articles on it. It was always stupidity like that. So I'm like, I'm good. They're in. I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, I know you're a little more in tune with that stuff. You have much more of a uh, uh, patience for social media and those type of people than I do. Uh, so uh, has anything really taken place aside from copious amounts of talking about Taylor Swift and how great Patrick Mahomes is? Aside from his dad getting his third DUI, well, uh, which is embarrassing, I, yanked a man's really license. Have, He's going to hurt somebody. Right. Stop. Hundred percent. That I, I am on board with that. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I, I lost somebody to a drunk driver many years ago, coworker. But any time this strikes, uh, it strikes a nerve with me, and I, I just think, especially on his third, like you, you've got to. He's a grown man. Yep. But I, I don't know what his um, situation at home is like, but uh, his son really needs to be like, Dad, you need to chill. Dude. Like, yeah. I, like I texted you, like Andy Reid's kid had uh-huh. it, it actually had this incident. Um, so there's history um, within the – uh, Kansas City Chiefs organization. As far as the game, I really, honestly, because of the Taylor Swift connection with Kelsey and the fact that I would so, so like um, Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes just go away into some cave for the rest of their lives. Um, I just didn't want to really pay attention much um there is a lot of like right now um it's very close like san francisco is the favorite it is close though it's one and a half point spread um and san francisco's minus 122 money line so they're barely the 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 favorites but they are the favorites um i hear a lot about on the KC, a lot of people going KC, KC, KC. 
I'm riding with the Niners just because my friend is a Niners fan, and I'm riding with him on this because he rode with me on Michigan, so I'm definitely riding with him on this. But also, if you just look at it, just just we we get what Patrick can do, we get it. But if somehow the Niners can just not stop him, but contain Travis Kelsey, they don't really have much after that. So you kind of, but, but as far as the Niners, they got a lot of pieces. They do a lot of stuff pre-snap. They do a lot of motion. They do a lot with CMC. We do a lot. Of, they do a lot of staying with Debo Samuel. Like you put all the players on the field and they're out there for the entire game. Like this is what we said the same thing about against the Lions. And it didn't really materialize till the second half. And the Lions did a little of that themselves. So, and it's just Patrick Mahomes is a factor. I think the, I think the Niners are going to win. I'm going to put money on the Niners to win. Um, but there's something about Patrick Mahomes that just, he just, he's just able to figure it out just enough. But he's got Kelsey. And that's the thing. Kelsey is a very much matchup nightmare. And when that goes away in, in the coming years, that's going to be the question. What is he going to do after that? But in this game, I just think the Niners have way too much. They built this team to and – and I've heard this a lot in the radio this week. And, Chris, this is interesting because you're starting to see the Patriots putting pieces together. Uh, as far as like organization, coaching staff, a lot of not direct links, but like secondary links or, or third links to connecting to San Francisco. And a lot of rumors on can the Patriots build what San Francisco has built. And that's a lot of scouting, man. That's a lot of scouting. East Coast offense. Hey. But they're talking about like the whole thing. Yeah, too. no, I like, I like it. I like it. Who would have thought John Lynch was just as good a GM as he was right, player? It's amazing. Right. Like, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of organizational like setup to where they're getting the right players. Sure, it's, sure. It's Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's Kyle Shanahan's team. Like he kind of runs the ship, so to speak, in tandem with John Lynch. But they hit a lot of mid to late round picks. Uh huh. You got to hit those. That's that's the thing. You got to hit those. You can't just because they had a lot. They did a lot on uh, first round picks on that defensive line, but they missed big time on Trey Lance, Could, and they spent a lot of draft capital on him too. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> that was bad, but I think he has enough good equity with uh, of some of the good moves they made too. Um, and look, they ended up getting Brock Purdy in that same draft or the year after, so that kind of softens the blow. It's like, oh, we didn't have to spend those picks, but eh, we did, whatever. Um, but I, th- I think the point is the overall point because uh, I heard an interview with uh, a Niners like beat guy. Um, they built the offense with the players, with the concept that they're going to find a quarterback that can run it okay. But Brock, what he does for that offense is he's willing to push the limits of the offense. Jimmy wouldn't. Jimmy did what exactly he was told to do. Kind of like, uh, 
similar to what Mr. Jared Goff did in, in LA. It's like, he's a puppet. He's going to do what he's told, uh, pre-snap, post-snap, everything, like everything. But Brock well, Goff has since proved himself though. Goff has proved. Yeah. Yes. Goff has, has changed that narrative. Yeah. Although it'd be interesting to see what, when Ben Johnson moves on, we'll see what happens there. But I would say to this point, Jared Goff definitely has proven the, the narrative um, in the, in the reverse, but Brock, I think has taken that offense and, and he's got, so it's finding that guy that can run the offense. And then a, does that guy give you a little bit, something extra, or is he just going to do the job? It's kind of like what we saw with Kansas city, right? What do we, when, when early on Andy Reed, we had Alex Smith and Alex Smith did what he was supposed to ran the offense efficient, they won some games. They made the playoffs, but ugh, they couldn't quite. They couldn't quite get over the edge. Then they draft Patrick Mahomes, and then they go. So that's I think that's going to be the key for the Patriots going forward. It's building the team, building the weapons around the offense, and then deciding on who the quarterback is. Do you have him in the? Do you have him on the roster? Are you going to draft him this year or are you going to build the team and then look at the next year? Cause you know, Gerard Mayo, like, like there's no way Bob Kraft gives Gerard Mayo less than four years. Yeah. He's got to give him a little bit of time to rebuild. Otherwise yeah, he's going to turn absolutely. into a joke. Like, uh, you know, I thought for sure that, I was going to come out here and say, you know, I picked against the Chiefs too many times. Uh, you know, there's just something about Mahomes. And Mahomes is great. He's special, generational talent. All that's true. We know how great he is. Uh, all the pieces around him off the field are insane. But he's on the field. Can't argue what he's done, what he's going to keep doing. I still think the Niners win, though. <laughs> um, I, I thought about it a lot. And I have two main reasons why I really think if the Niners show up and they are the Niners, why this game is going to be not a blowout, but I can see it being, you know, 10, 14 point game. What were the, uh, what were the Chiefs able to do against the Ravens offense that slowed them down? Mark couldn't get out. Uh, the receivers had a hard time getting open. Why is that? What don't they have? They don't have a dominant wide receiver. Like they just don't or, have one. Or a dominant running back. They have or a dominant running back. Yeah, they have guys that make really nice plays and have really nice games and they're solid players. I'm not trying to dog them, but they're not CMC. Nobody is. No. Um. So, I mean, it's not fair to say, oh, you're not CMC, whatever. Well, yeah, you're not Patrick Mahomes. Like, who is? Um, I just think with no dominant running game, they were able to stay closer to the line, watch Lamar, and Chris Jones was able to wreak havoc, which he did. The Niners have a much more, like you said, they do so many pre-snap moves. There's so much going on. They have arguably the best running back in the game, best player in the game. Uh, I mean... People are going to argue Mahomes, but I mean, non-quarterback. And they have a guy like Debo Samuel who can also, you know, take an end around and take it 60 yards. 
at any right. moment. Uh, or he can catch a pass and make you guys miss and go 80 yards. Uh, you have George Kittle. You have Ayuk, who's really coming to his own this year. Uh, I don't think the moment's going to be too big for Purdy. I think he's proven that, you know, win or lose, this kid's got nothing to hang his head about for the start of his career in the second year come Sunday. Uh, but not saying the Chiefs are going to be able to get to, um, you know, Purdy at all. But Niners have a real good line. Uh, you know, CMC, catch, run. It doesn't matter. The guy can do it all. It does it all at the highest level imaginable. And, you know, Debo and all the other weapons, like, they're not going to be able just to say, we can keep this many guys in the line, rush the quarterback almost every play. They're not going to be able to shut down that offense the same way they shut down Baltimore. Um, and quite frankly, that's really the only thing that could shut down Baltimore is linebackers like Chris Jones doing what they do. Uh, because if they didn't have the speed of Jones or his ability, Lamar would have been running all around, and it wouldn't have mattered. Second thing, Kelsey factor. Look, I think Kelsey comes off as kind of a jerk, honestly. Everything I've seen of him. Uh, if you're a KC fan, you probably love him. Other fans are probably like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm tired of this guy and his girlfriend and all this nonsense. He's going to get his just catches. He's going to get yep. probably a touchdown. He's going to get, you know, eight for 80 and a touchdown. It's like a mediocre game for him. But I don't think he's going to blow up. And for the Chiefs to have a chance, he's going to have to blow up so Pacheco can get things going in the backfield. The linebackers uh, for both teams, both Baltimore and San Fran, are very good to great, no doubt. Uh, I think San Fran has an edge there, though. Oh, yeah. Overall. Huge edge. Huge and I think, edge. They have, I think they have a huge edge in the secondary as well. And I just don't think you're going to see. They might hit, you know, at some homes, you might hit a deep ball here or there. It's not going to be throwing the ball over the place on the Niners. It's not going to happen. They're going to put pressure on him, and he's going to throw into a much better, much better coverage than he did in Baltimore. Uh, I, I just don't think that if the Niners show up and they're even 70 to 80% Niners, that there's any chance they don't win the Super Bowl. And I want people to point out, all these people pointing out how Mahomes compares to Brady. It took Brady how many years to have a second Super Bowl loss? Just saying. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with anything you said. And I think the key is, I think the key, and this is crazy because it's very, very simple. But I think it's going to be the key for both teams is their ability to tackle, and that's, I think, last week, um, not last week, the week before, it's kind of where the game turned for the Lions is that one, a couple of. Errors on on the coach going for fourth down, two the the fumble, and three their inability to break tackles, because the, the 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 Niners early in the game were like letting up and, and, and giving up breaking and letting those broken tackles affect them. They kind of saw you know they kind of sewed it up and, and and started, you know, letting them get the catches but or getting them getting some runs, but it, it didn't produce the long game breaking runs like it did in the first half. Converse and same thing we saw in, in in Baltimore where, but that was the whole game where Baltimore was just not getting. Like you had that uh, Zay Flowers had that one big play, that got the touchdown, 
the one play that almost got him a touchdown, but he fumbled. And then just a lot of not much. Lamar had his one huge run, but Casey tackled. They tackled well. They kept things in front of them. Their defensive secondary is is very much top tier. Chris Jones, as you pointed out, had a monster game. No running game whatsoever from the Ravens outside of Lamar. I think the tackling is huge. Tackling is going to be huge because Debo gets a lot of his yards after contact. Mm -hmm. CMC, game breaker, but he does need to shake off a few guys, and he'll do that. Did it last, Did it two weeks ago? Did it previous? Like he's he is a game breaker. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, <coughs> solid solid receiver. He's a free agent uh, at the end. Uh, I think at the end of next year. So this this is his time to to be on a big stage, and you know Kittle's gonna go out and get his as long as he stays healthy. I, I there's just too much. It's I, I understand Mahomes is Mahomes. There's just too much on the other side. And and Brock, it's completely up to Brock Purdy. Is he going to throw those few mistakes that are really going to hamper his team from from winning? That's that's where it's going to be key. Is he going to throw? So you had that, what was it? Uh, it wasn't against, um, it wasn't against the Lions. Uh, it was who they faced the previous week. Um, I don't remember who they faced the previous week, but he had a early San Fran. Early, yeah, San Fran. Uh, uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. Okay, I think he had like an early, like first or second throw of the game where it was like that could have been a pick six, and that could have changed some things, but it didn't. It didn't. Um, and I, I've watched. Brock Purdy this year threw three, four interceptions. And what I think that as a 49ers fan, you should be inspired about is, yeah, he can throw three or four interceptions, but he's just going to go right back out there and, and try to march his team down the field. That's that confidence that he knows that well, Shanahan's backing him. He's supporting him. He's giving him the weapons. He's giving him the offensive line. Even if he's making a mistake, he's not going to yank him out. One, because this is—he's the guy. And two, there's not much behind him at this point. But, no, no, Sam Darnold in a big game. <laughs> uh, not a chance. Uh, but I think that's—I think it, it's kind of like um, a defensive back where, or 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 a closer where they go out and blow the save, or a DB goes up a huge touchdown. Like the biggest the biggest trait you want to see in that player is their ability when they get burned, whatever the case may be is to come back the next play and shake it off and not that's because that's what the great closers do. That's what Mariano Rivera did. That's what Papamon did in his, when he was in his prime uh, Keith Falk for all his, you know, now no intensity, no, like no, energy coming from him he was pretty consistent like if he went out there and blew it the next game uh, he can go out there and shut him down so i love how you mentioned the greatest closure of all time and then two like guys who were good for like three years each well i had to throw in some 
some Red Sox, man. So. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. I get it. Uh, just... But that, uh, like, that's the thing about Brock Purdy. I just think he, the great thing about what the Niners have is that they have a guy who isn't going to get shelled by throwing three or four interceptions. Like our guy did this year where he threw three interceptions and then, and then he just, Bill had to remove him because it's like that last interception was just, I, I, I don't care interception. I'm throwing it because I don't want to different situations, but I think, I think the, the Niners just have the pieces and their window is pretty much, I would say, what, this year and next year. Like they're, when I say window, I mean, they're wide open window. Cause it's going to start tightening up. Cause Brock's only on a four year contract. He's seventh round pick. Yeah. So no fifth year option there. Yeah. He's in year two. So they got year three, and then they got to start talking to them about a contract extension. Because if I'm the Niners, I want to sign him as early as I can because I don't want him getting another year of whatever MVP candidate, another Super Bowl. Like that price tag will start to go up. And you want him to be, you want him to be a team player, but the guy is getting paid dog shit yeah. right now. Yeah, so, he's going to he's gonna have to make out on this deal, yeah. He, he needs to recoup. So I, I just think this is their window. This is their their time is now um, to really have a wide open two more this year and maybe two more seasons of just being able to dominate A, the NFC, and B, just be that perennial Super Bowl contender um, before they have to start having to make those hard decisions like the chiefs did. Um, but it, what's going to, what's going to, what I'm going to think about all game is when is Patrick Mahomes going to turn it on? Cause if I'm a Niners fan, that's what I'm concerned about. When yeah, is he going to turn yeah. on? When is he going to be able, he's going to start making those plays. And when you start seeing those plays, like oh, you're a Niners fan, you're going to say, Oh shit. Well, it's coming. It's coming. Here's the thing. I think this Niners team is far and away better and more well-rounded than it was the last time with the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. And I think this Chiefs team <clears throat> is by far less explosive. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me run a theory about you here. You mentioned, uh, you know, Brock Purdy getting in the right mindset, uh, not letting the Chiefs kind of turn it on. If I'm the Niners, I want the Chiefs to get the ball first no matter what. I agreed. Because if you go out there and you, you know, you keep Patrick Mahomes from scoring a touchdown, they get a field goal, whatever, anything less than seven, your defense is going to feel pretty damn good because it's a big moment. Everyone's expecting him to come out there and do what he does, and he's trying to set the tone for the game. And uh, I think if they go out there, and they're able to stop him, especially if they stop him, get no points or go three and out or get a big sack or, or a, a turnover or something like that, that's going to set the tone for the next quarter and a half, two quarters, even the half, uh, because that defense, and we see it more than almost any other sport, how much momentum in football matters. Get that started. Have the Chiefs trying to go uphill and try to score points and try to outgun you 
This isn't the same team that had Tyreek Hill. Now, if you let them get a steady lead and your offense is struggling, then they're dangerous too. So it goes both ways. But even if the, even if Chiefs go out, don't get any points. Niners go out, go three and out, don't get any points. It's still okay because you've still stopped them. Now it's now it's a defensive battle, and that's okay. I think the Niners win that game still. But if you if you take the ball first, and Purdy goes out there, and he throws up a duck in the first drive and gets a pick, or they they sack fumble, uh, you know pick six, even just a bad showing of the three and out. Well, now KC's defense is kind of start to run downhill. And the Niners have the ability to stop that, but they have shown at times this year they kind of forget who they are and they can't find their identity. I think we talked about this last week. That's their only downfall is they kind of forget who they are sometimes, and it's all this talent and it's like it just mis like disjointed and they don't know how to use it almost. And then other times they're a well-oiled machine. It's really crazy, and they don't struggle like that very often. And it's not a knock on them because great teams struggle too, yeah. but uh, they have to stay away from that. And they have to get Brock Purdy in the mindset of, okay, all the pomp and circumstance is done. The game's happening now. I have to get these jitters out on the first drive, first two drives. And if they can do that with no turnovers, without falling two scores down, without having him do anything that can hurt his confidence, that's going to be huge for them. I think if you're looking at it, Chris, I think Kansas City 100% want to control that middle part of the game. Oh, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> but um, I think the the um, Niners, I think they would absolutely go out and take the ball um, first and just want to run it down their throat. I think they did it last week, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. 100%. But I know one of these past two games, they got the ball and they took it and they, because they wanted to control it. I think sometimes that middle part of the game, I understand momentum. I understand you want that. I want the ball last and get at least three points and then come out in the third quarter, score right away and get that swing. I just think for this game, I'm the Niners. A, I have the confidence in my offense. B, I have the confidence in this defense that I want to put points on the board early. I want to pressure that line, that Chiefs team because that the, that Chiefs like you you've hit it multiple times and and it's not a mystery. This Chiefs team is not not the same team. They're they're just not even close to the same team that they've been in the past ever since. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. Ever since Tyreek Hill has been gone, yeah, they're just not the same team. It's and they made that decision financially that they had to. They chose Mahomes, they chose Travis Kelsey, and they chose Chris Jones and other players. But um, they chose to build a more consistent team. And that is sacrificed in losing one of the most explosive players in NFL history. But it has regarded them as not as explosive as they had been in past. For better or for worse. Um, and it hasn't really produced much for Miami. <laughs> uh, giving them all that money, put them in that position. 
really hasn't created anything for them. So <laughs> it hasn't really benefited them at all. Uh, but I will say, Chris, like points per game for uh, – I'm trying to get the points per game. Like in the postseason, points per game, the Kansas City Chiefs are at 23 23.3 points, and San Francisco's at 29. That's that's the postseason. In the regular season, San Francisco's at 28.9, so they're right around where they should be. And Kansas City – is at 21.8 so they're they're scoring about two more points per game that being said they only they were they were right around 22 points a game i mean just the numbers i know it's not all about the numbers but just the numbers alone just tell you like they're not an explosive team they just they score enough to win games yeah they went on defense probably i would say if not turnovers just just wearing teams down and and just not giving up the yards. The they're not winning shootouts anymore. No, they're they're not. And I'm sure if I went through all their games, there'll be there'll be a game or two that they clean someone out. Like except for the Patriots and the parent Panthers this year, there are every team that have a clean you know a t- game where they clean somebody out. It's just not the same team and. I think Fred between Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw, like you're gonna have they play his own defense, but I think you have to pay attention to Travis Kelsey. So they're gonna have some attention on him. It's gonna be up to Rasheed Rice. Um it's gonna be up to Isaiah Petrenko. Um who else am I uh MVS and then Whoever else they have kicking around, Christian Watson, I think, is still uh, st- like it's. Watson on the Packers, dude. Is he? Pack- I feel like they have a Watson on their team, don't they? They might. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's just like <clears throat> the point is, is that they after we all know after after um um yeah, there's no. I don't know who I'm talking about because there's no. Uh, oh, Justin Watson. Sorry, but. They don't have much after Travis Kelsey. So, and, and we saw some like leaking by the Niners defense last week with, with Javar Gibbs, with David Montgomery. The, uh, was it, I think it was either a reverse or end around with, um, Jamison Williams. But they don't, they don't have, like, other than Isaiah Pachinko, they don't really have that talent no. to do any of those plays. Um, and it's kind of up to, that front four to really be stout against the run. And they're not really, they're more of a pass rushing front four, but I think if you do enough to keep them managed and you put them in either not, maybe not three and outs, but limit their, limit their um, plays, either hold them to three points or hold them to no points and give your offense those opportunities to really be explosive. I think we could just, Honestly, Chris, and and not a lot of people are going to remember this, um, but I'm sure you remember it, and I know I remember it. And I tell my friend, uh, um, who's a 49ers fan, who wasn't born at the time, the uh, Super Bowl for between the Niners and the Chargers. You Oof, that yeah, 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 yeah. That was I the told Chargers fan sure do. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was Rodney Harrison's rookie year. Uh, Junior Seau's like. 
first or second year, I think second year, the Chargers got destroyed in that game. That was Steve Young carving just Steve Young and and Jerry Rice carving them apart. Like that was and that was uh the one year I think the Dallas Cowboys lost to the Niners in the probably the championship game or the divisional game, whatever one it was. But I think we could have a similar scenario there if two things happen. The Niners can run the ball consistently, and two, they can hold down Travis Kelsey. Those are the two. Yeah, yep. those are two big keys. Because once CMC is running, I mean, that defense is on their heels. If CMC gets moving and they take a lead at all, and it's, he just keeps going, uh, as long as they keep feeding him the ball, so yeah. Purdy can just kind of, you know, nickel and dime whoever he has to get first downs and eat that clock. They're good. And then what? Then then it's going to expand the offense, yep. and then it yep. won't be, he won't be nickel and diamond it to CMC or Debo. He's going to do a bootleg play action, and then Ayuk's going to come open and he's going to hit him. Or Debo's going to run a crosser, and before you know it, he's running sixty yards because that's what every almost every Niners player can do. They can take the ball the distance. CMC. We saw Kittle do it last week. Um, you know Debo can do it. Ayuk has it in him. Like it's the the one thing that's going to stop the Niners is the Niners. Yeah, and yeah, hundred percent. I know that's I know that's a bold statement, but like that's the reality. So contain uh, <laughs> Kelsey and and CMC going off will be the recipe for the Niners. Real quick, when you were mentioning uh, Tyree Kill and Tyler Miami, I saw a meme today uh, just because it was Miami. It was like uh, Dwayne Wade had his whole college career, was drafted by the Heat, mm-hmm. won multiple championships, retired, <laughs> made it to the Hall of Fame, and is going to have a statue rec- uh, erected in front of the Heat's arena all before the Dolphins won a playoff game. Like, um, all that occurred in between the last playoff win and now. So, that's sad. and that's a team that you want to talk about Buffalo missing a window. Like, this Miami team is, they got to figure out who they are because they have a lot of talent. And it just seems like they have the laser beam focused and then they just fire it at themselves. Like, they have to, like, but we're going to talk about them now because they lost. Um, so, uh, final score. What do you think the final score is? What do you think the MVP is? I'm going to say 34-10 Niners. I know it's crazy to think that Mahomes getting blown out would be, but I think he's going to get blown out. Um, your MVP is your MVP is going to be my instinct is go CMC or Brock, but I feel like it's going to be Debo. I feel like He's just going to make some game-breaking plays, and you're not going to be – as a voter, if you're sitting there, you're just – you're going to have to look at it and say, he made the game-breaking plays. I think he's going to – he's going to make it happen. So the other two will do what they need to do. CMC's going to make play. He's going to he's gonna gash the Chiefs. But when it comes to those huge plays, Debo's got it. So I think he's going to be the MVP. All right, I'm going to go 27-17 Niners. Uh, and MVP, I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. 
Because. I thought about him, too. I thought about him, too. This just feels like a game where it's going to be somebody with so much star power. Not that, not that Duke's not a star. He is. But he's not quite, you know, he's not CMC or Mahomes level. Few people are. With so much star power. And then the, the focus that isn't on the star power is on Purdy, and rightfully so. Right. He's not getting ignored, but he's kind of not getting uh, the, the respect he deserves. And we've seen him make some dynamic plays and really blow up games this year. And this is a guy that has to prove on an offense that has a lot of stars that he deserves a contract. And uh, he does. And he's going to prove that. And I think he's going to have a big, big game. I feel like he's a free I know he's a free agent. I just don't remember when he's. I could be mistaken because I. And we're going to talk about this another day about the. Because I actually saw an article about, I know it's sidetracked, but I saw an article about the Texans, potentially what they do in the free agency. And I think I think someone's listening to what I have to say because I think we're, uh, they're going to they're gonna put, put themselves in that position to get somebody big. But uh, Brandon Ayuk is a free agent at the end of the 2024 season. So he is... Okay. One year left. He's on his fifth year option, I think it says. Yeah, fifth year option. So he ain't making cheap money uh in twenty twenty four, but but you're right, he's he's at his he's at his position right now where okay, this would be the off season to give him an extension. Yep. What are you doing as a 49ers organization? What are you doing for him? Because his value right now to either the Niners or another organization is going to be maximized right here. And I think to your point, this would go a long way to be okay. He's, he's the guy, not just a guy. He is the guy. Cause he has a great, like he is past two years. He's been very consistent. And this year, 1300 yards and seven touchdowns like on 75 catches like that's nothing to shake a stick at no so no with all that star power around you too right right so i think i think you can look at him as a 1a potential um seeing what he can do in the offense and putting one more piece around him so that's what the Niners have to look at and think, okay, well, we have to pay, we have to pay Brock and we still got all these other guys and Hey, that's why they get paid the big bucks to figure out who's going to, how they're going to put the cap. Cause we already saw what the Kansas City Chiefs did where, and, and I know we'll get into this in the off season, but you're going to look at a couple teams in the top, top tier AFC teams. They're going to have to look at their, their uh, bill come and do and make some hard decisions about who they're going to let go. So, but I think I, we're on the same page on, on, on kind of the Super Bowl MVP. I think it's, it's just somebody that's just going to make plays in a moment. I said it before, this team has a chance to do good things for a number of years because if there's ever an opportunity to have a star caliber quarterback kind of do what Tom Brady did. And that's take less money to distribute it to the team to win because he knew he'd make his money elsewhere. Right. Uh, not that he was hurting, but I mean, like I saw a stat that he's going to make as much money in his career as like 
any of these three hundred million dollar contracts. He played two hundred ninety six million lifetime off his contracts in the last two years of his career were twenty five million apiece from Tampa Bay. So that tells you a lot about the kind of discounts he was taking. And while he got frustrated with the Patriots a little bit when he didn't give him what he needed. Um, if you're ever going to see another, another situation like that, it's going to be Brock Purdy. It's going to be a guy who was drafted, Mr. Irrelevant, dead last in the draft, and a guy who wants to come in and prove, I can do this, I belong here, I'm going to win. He's still going to get probably even even mid-20s, I'd say, as a value when you're talking quarterbacks without getting 40 to 50. You're talking Daniel Jones getting 40 a year. I mean, Purdy getting anything under 30 is a damn steal. Sign him right now. Right. So if he's willing to do that, then that makes financial future of this team a lot more promising. I, I can tell you right now, Chris, he made collectively uh, all his contracts in New England, he made $235 million. That's 20 seasons. Three seasons in Tampa Bay, he was just under $100 million. Like, And that's because Tampa Bay was desperate. They wanted, They wanted to win. They sold out to win, and they did. And that's right. He had three in Tampa. I forgot three. I forgot the third one. Yeah. Yep. Three in Tampa. Ninety-seven, exactly ninety-seven point seven million dollars. Okay. So he almost made not half, but like I'd say, what's that? Thirty-five percent of what he made in uh, thirty-five, forty yeah. percent of what he made in uh, New England. He made in Tampa Bay in a lot less time. So if you're Brock Purdy, I understand you can't think that much forward ahead, but you're right. He ha- I, 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 I know he, he, he's not. He can't sit there and and take below market value. But he can help his team and and keep the pieces around him. Um, keep talented players around him. Not just you can't just think of the weapons on the outside. You're also going to look at offensive line. Like you can't just dismiss that because. He needs to make sure that he is upright consistently. And that's and that's having that offensive line, that left tackle, that center that he has a great communication with. Um you say twenty million, Chris, or thirty million? I think I'm somewhere around twenty seven, twenty eight. It's not insulting, but it's I mean enough to give the team some cushion. Tannehill last year made twenty nine and a half, and yeah. Jared Goff made thirty three and a half. Uh huh. Like, even if he was, you know, and that's AAV. It's, it's you know, we we can push figures around to see which one who's 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 got the top dollar. But like, when we look at top dollar, like Joe Burrow makes fifty five AAV, Justin Herbert. Makes fifty two and a half AAV. Lamar makes fifty two. Jalen Hurts makes fifty one. Russell Wilson forty eight. Like these are all the top guys, and one of them in the past. I'll go to Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. That's the top two, four, six, eight. That's the top eight, and Patrick Mahomes eighth AAV, and he's in, he's. He's the only one that has a Super Bowl victory. And in huh. the top 10, he's still the only one with a Super Bowl victory. So, and I know Tom Brady has a bunch of those wrapped up in the past few years. But 
that's what you have to look at as a organ like as a quarterback. Like, do you want do you want to be Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Lamar that get your money? I'm all for players getting their money. But you gotta know like what's your value to the team and what's your expectation of them building around you? Because the more you take, the more they're gonna have a problem signing somebody. Yep. That's that's what that's what you're gonna have because if you look at Bengals, they have T. Higgins this offseason and they have Jamar Chase next offseason. You think T. Higgins is a one? Like if some team brings him and he gives him a top tier contract and he'd be the guy like a Jamar Chase can. I think T has the same problem Brandon Ayuk has. You see the potential, but you're like, uh, does he really have it? And you don't know until you put him in that position. Yeah. That's the problem. You just don't know. The offense the Niners run doesn't lend to somebody being the dominant. Because there's weeks that, that CMC didn't have, like, he, he scored a touchdown pretty much every game. But there's. Especially when he played weeks, me in fantasy. <laughs> but there's weeks he didn't. Like get the yards. There's weeks that Debo Debo Samuel doesn't get the yards. There's even though Brian and I got thirteen hundred yards, he there's weeks that he didn't quite get the production. But thirteen hundred yards is nothing to shake a stick at. Like that is thirteen hundred dollars in, in, in eight, seven eight touchdowns a year. I'll take that. I'll take that. And then you got to factor in. Okay, he's going to increase his percentage on the field. He's going to have more targets. He is the guy. So that means also a little bit more double coverage. Yeah. Maybe uh zone under with a safety over top. So it's just a matter of as me as an organization, I'm looking at the Niners and the Bengals. Watch his tape. Watch when T. Higgins was out there without Jamar Chase. Watch when Brandon Ike was out there without Debo Samuel. How did the defense react? What was the production level? You look at those, and that'll help you decide, is he a number one? Personally, I think Brandon Ayuk is more of a number one than T. Higgins. I would agree with that. But if I'm a team, I'll give up the first-round pick for either one of them. Oh, really? For them, them they're both for – if you're trying to acquire one of those two, uh, even on actually T Higgins is a free agent. So yes, he's a free agent. So he's probably going to get tagged. So if you're going to trade for him, you're going to have to give up a first, but oh, okay, was, true. Okay, okay. Yeah. If it was equal, they're both in their last year of their contracts. I would still trade a first round pick for either one of them, depending on where it's at. Now, if I'm the Patriots, I don't, but they definitely got a top 10 pick. No, no, no. If, if you're talking somewhere between 13, 13 to 32. Yeah, like, okay. That's what I'm saying. Like anything above that, I'm not I'm not trading on the hope that this is a Tyreek Hill might be, would have been a different situation. Proven. The speed is game breaking. I'd be willing to give up that top 10 pick. Maybe not number one, but at least at most to number four. Oof, for wow. Tyreek Hill, because I, 
the production. That's not Miami failing is not 100% on him. Oh, no, not at all. No, because he was he was trying to put a bet in for Tyree Kill was insane because at one point, the minimum you could put for yardage for him and get a return on investment was like 98 yards at one point where the money, it's just not worth it to put the bet in. So he was consistently putting up 75, 80, 85, 90, 100 yards a game until he got injured. Um, and I just don't – I just see the the value there. What Mike McDaniel's doing in Miami is like I – He's a little bit too much into himself, so I don't think that's going to really work out in the end. Once the once the tires fall off that wheel, or <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say that quote. I know you mean, though. But you know what I'm saying. The wheels fall off the wagon. Thank you. When, when that happens or when Tyreek actually retires because his contract's up, then, then that whole mess in Miami is going to turn into an absolute disaster. The thing that we're used to seeing in Miami and New York is just going to come to fruition. Um, I would definitely give up a first for T. See, I, I don't have a problem with the giving up a pick so high because, look, there's a lot of misses at the top of the draft, obviously. Correct. Um, <coughs> there's a lot of hits, too. And if, you're scout, if you have faith in your scouting department and your coaches and the guys you're picking, like, do you give up four, well, five, essentially, if they're good, five, four cheap years and a fifth-year option year, which usually isn't cheap, but it's still, you know, the contract around it out all five years combined is still far less than a full-time contract. Do you, you hope you hit and you get a, a good player, whereas if you trade for a guy who's the caliber of player to trade that high of a draft pick, you're looking at 30 $40 million a year, easy and capped, if not more. And, uh, man, when you could have – Cheaper, cheaper contracts in a key position. That's that's how teams win championships. I think it depends on where you're at in your championship progress. Yeah, fair enough. That's what I think. I think if you're the Texans, if you're a team like that, like you're really starting to go on the ascend, and you need to acquire. If you're feeling like you need to acquire that talented wide receiver that's going to put you over the edge because you have the quarterback. You might have a stable running backs that can be adequate to, to run the offense. You have a couple of nice receivers, one being a second year guy. The other one has been in the league for a few years. He's going to want a contract at some point, but that guy to push you over the edge, I think you need because you saw it at Baltimore. Like they need a guy. They just also need their rookie quarterback to get some more seasoning or just home games. Um, but I think that kind of team like can accelerate their Super Bowl potential by acquiring that first round, that first that talent with a first round pick. But if you're talking about a team like I don't know, um, The Carolina Panthers. Now, a bad example because they don't have a first-round pick this year because we, we know why. <laughs> the Bears um, sure do. Yeah, they do. Uh, but taking them, for example, like that'd be a bad trade because 
you're not almost right there. You're, you're bringing in a whole new staff and you're hoping to keep your quarterback, your young quarterback upright. It's like putting a grand, pi- grand piano in a condemned apartment complex. Yeah. And, and, and you're still not sure. Let's be clear. You're still not 100% sure that, that Bryce Young is the answer. Slight frame, not as fast as Kyler Murray. I like him, but we'll see. if. Also, pre- not C.J. Stroud. Not C.J. Stroud. What did I say about C.J. Stroud? Yeah, you said he was good. And that, that pains me to say. <laughs> yeah. Pains me to say about it. I knew he was going to be good. Um, but you got to be the right team, Chris. You can't just, you can't just be a team that's like, let me go out and get like if I if if the Patriots went out and traded a future first round pick, not this year. There's no way that's happening. But let's say the first future first round pick for T. Higgins, I'd be like, what did you do with your third pick in the draft? That would be my question. Because if you got Jaden Daniels, okay. If you got Drake May. First off, why did you draft him? Second off, no. Um, I'm telling you. Is this going to be one of those things where, like, if you don't like an actor, you refuse to admit they're good in any movie? Like, are we going to be, like, watching Drake May hoist three Lombardis and you're like, nope, should have gone Jaden Daniels? I'm telling telling you, like, I'm I'm getting shades of Mitchell Trubisky from this guy, and, and I am not the only one on this train, okay? Let me be very clear. Not the only one, but there's a lot of people in, in draft circles that are like Drake May, Drake uh, May, Drake May. Uh, I, I I just want to point out that if anyone's willing to give us the haul that uh, the Bears gave the Niners to trade up to get Trubisky, uh, I'd be willing to take that. Yes, yes. I it was think like three first, a second. It was insane. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to fall out of the top ten. That would be my only, because I've seen some, a lot of banter about will they trade back, and I don't I think they do. Well, Elliot Wolf, the uh, is the guy in charge of the draft, the guy they um, hired, who had connections to Green Bay. Uh, his dad was the GM for a long time there. Um, I would say I, I just don't drop out of the top ten. You need you need a talented. We got a talented player last year. At what did we have last year? Was it six? sixteen? Sixteen? Was it yeah. sixteen? It was thirteen or sixteen that that uh, Gonzalez fell to. But we got a great like. Uh, I know she didn't get injured, but uh, like I I like what they did there. I just need that to extend to this year. I don't want them dropping completely out of the. Uh, if you're dropping into the twenties, like you're getting a massive return on investment. You better be at least. Um, but if they dropped into the high single digits, I'd I'd be okay with it because you're still getting a talented player. You're potentially still getting a top player in at a position. Whatever the position may be. Um and Fun fact, Chris, I don't think JJ's dropping. He it doesn't the rumors are that JJ McCarthy is not gonna be around at the end of the first round. Huh. Like I was I was kind of hoping. Um there's 
aside from what Jim Harbaugh said, he said he he predicted he'd be the first quarterback off the board, which it's not happening. So let's let's dispel that that fantasy. He's starting to rise up the boards before the the combine. So um, the combine is going to tell a lot, even though you should really rest a whole a lot of hopes on that. But um, the interviews and just looking at it, everyone's play, I think it'll be interesting to see where the Patriots. I know we're supposed to be talking about the Super Bowl, but that I think it is important to talk about at least the future of the Patriots because looking at these two teams, you built one, one team was built. I think they were kind of built the same way. It's just the chiefs are at a different point of time than the Niners and four, would you say four years down the road? We could see the Niners in this Chiefs situation. Sure. Any team. I mean, it's happening with the Bills now. It's happening with any team that has that big money quarterback. So, I think if you're you're the Patriots, you're looking at it like Mac Jones is on his fourth year. Yep. Yeah. And they have to make a decision on the fifth year. Uh, What are the chances that – they take Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, which I'm fine with, mm-hmm. and so they lose out on the big, the big name quarterbacks, whatever it is, what it is. Uh and they take you know a guy who's obviously a project. You know, we've seen that before, not work out at all. Sometimes it works out great. We have a history in New England of it working pretty good, at least with one guy. Um, what are the chances that they, they have Mac Jones come out and under a new coaching staff that? Doesn't like not want him. <laughs> Belichick just didn't want him apparently. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That was just dysfunctional from the beginning. What are the chances this guy comes out and has a a a a, a, a relapse to his rookie year when he looked like a competent quarterback who could actually be coached and learn and actually wanted to be out there? I don't know if it can happen. I have no idea. But if we have a solid defense and we have some talented receivers. It looks like Kendrick Bourne's interested in coming back, which I'd really like to see. I like Kendrick Bourne a lot. Uh, you know, Demario Douglas looked great. Uh, I keep hearing about the ghost of Hyquan Thornton. If he can ever, you know, get on the field and, and play, the dude seems to have bad luck. Uh, and if you had Marvin Harrison Jr. that, you know, if we can get, you know, a, a, you know Hunter Henry, I think, is he a free agent? Or I think he's a free agent. Or has a year left? Yeah, I mean, maybe we can bring him back or bring in another tight end and <clears throat> draft some line help. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's not like they're going to be, you know, the number one seed in the AFC next year no matter what. But, like, you can start really rebuilding the foundation of a team that can, you know, go be in it for the long haul. <sighs> I mean, I, and here's the thing. If he ends up sucking really bad and nobody does anything good, then... Hopefully Marvin Harrison Jr. is enough to prove he's he's he was worth the pick, and we just go have a high draft pick next year and pick somebody else or try to develop somebody. I mean, there's there's, I just feel like this draft more than others, based on what happens in the first couple of picks, is going to drastically affect everything else because there's some uncertainty at the top, and I think it'd be best to keep an open mind that if that quarterback isn't there. Uh, just draft Harrison. Don't worry about it. Don't trade back. Just draft the best guy on the board. It's Harrison. 
and then use Mac, have Mac come out and trade in camp and compete with whoever you drafted or brought in as a free agent and see what happens. <clears throat> I mean, the one thing we can say is this fan base and the Boston media will not be happy no matter what happens. Certainly not, not a majority of them. They're going to they're gonna second guess. They're going to clickbait, just put out their clickbait articles. It's what they do. They're going to be toxic. And, and, and it really is unfortunate because I'm pretty optimistic about this team. I'm, I'm very optimistic about Gerard Mayo. Uh, love Coach Belichick. Nothing but good things for him. Uh, but optimistic about the future, some of the you know people they're bringing in. And I, I'm realistic that it's also not going to just change back in a year. I mean, this team can be competitive next year. They can be good. They can put a good product on the field and look, you know, more coherent. But anybody thinking we're going to go back to all of a sudden the glory days in one year because we draft Marvin Harrison Jr.'s not being realistic. It's going to help. But this team needs a lot of help. When we kicked the can down the road for years, and it wasn't just for Brady because there's a lot of Brady, like we said, was not making a whole ton compared to what some guys are making now. It was just the way everything – it's how you had so many star players is you just kept kicking a can down the road, and right. it, it bit them in the ass, and they had a lot of years where they couldn't they couldn't afford to pay that depth that they had before where the line was eight guys deep where you had maybe not a number one receiver, but you had three or four guys like Julian Edelman, which is pretty damn good, and you could have a coherent, consistent offense. you got to build that again. Or something along those lines. You just have to have a a competent team full of really good players. Like you, 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 it, it, it's just, I just want to see a good decision. I just, I, I want to see him take a quarterback of three or Marvin Harrison Jr. And if you can't, which you can because you have three, but if you don't get anybody you want, just I just don't want to see him trade down. Just take the best player available. I want to see. I want to see this team say. Gone are the days of Tom Brady's going to compensate for any mistake we make in the draft. I want to see them say, we're going to take the best player in the draft. Because if you take Marvin Harrison Jr. and he's a bust, guess what? No one's going to throw stones at you. Well, they will, but no, nobody outside the normal is going to throw stones at you. Right. If you draft probably any of the three top quarterbacks that are a bust, it's, well, that happens. They were the best guys on the board. We were all talking about this, about them being the best guys on the board. Okay. If you trade back to 15 and don't get anything equivalent to the value of what the guy drafted in that position produces and you're still struggling, you're going to get crapped on and you're going to deserve it. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm kind of just ranting. I, I, I got you. <laughs> but, I got you. I think, I think I know where you're going. And I think as, a, as an organization, they just have to decide – because they have all these new pieces and and I like the structure they're building. Say what you want about Alex Van Pelt and and um who's the guy who's the other guy uh they just hired the other offensive guy, um Ben McAdoo. Um they're they're bringing in different pieces and whatever success they had in the past, okay. You Bill Belichick had failures in in, in Cleveland. So let's I'm not saying this just because he's they're they're now in New England. I'm just saying like if they fail, okay. Like Bill O'Brien failed. Whose fault that is, mm, we can debate that till till we're blue in the face because there's a lot of blame to go around. 
but we're resetting. So I think what Gerard needs to really direct is, okay, who's our quarterback going forward? Is Mac Jones enough? Can Ben McAdoo and, and Alex Van Pelt bring him back and, and give him confidence? Um, is Bailey Zappi the answer? Do they want to go in with a quarterback competition? Or is that number three pick or that number oh, is it 30, 34? Like, are you resting your hope on that? That's what they have to make the decision on. And in, I feel like the best decision is to go for Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three because of the talent, the route running, the speed, the hands. It's it's the whole package is what he has. And if you're Arizona or you're Chicago, like you're itching, the only reason why Chicago might not pull the trigger is that they have the first pick in the draft. Washington's not taking him. So the only thing Chicago can do is trade back with either maybe potentially Arizona who would have would then take him with the first pick cuz they desperately need him. So once you get past four, once you get past 3, like he's gone at 4. Like there's no doubt oh, yeah, he's not getting yeah. past 4. I just think as as the Patriots build their structure like this is the guy you can sign Kendrick Bourne still and have Marvin Harrison, Kendrick Bourne, and DeMario Douglas as your one, two, and three, whatever you want to order, you want to put him in. And you're good for a couple of years. Um, you can put pieces around them. Keishon Booty is probably done because uh, yeah, yeah. His, his stupid stuff down in, 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 in LSU. Clearly, clearly Bill was correct on that one. So good job, Bill. You were right on him. Uh, I think if you're going to not take Marvin Harrison Jr. and you really don't like Jaden Daniels, you don't like Drake May, which I hope they don't, but and you have no shot at Caleb Williams. I don't think they have a shot. I think there's no way he makes it past two. No. Then you have to trade back. You 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 could trade back with with Arizona even though they'll have it in their minds while well, he's going to be there. you Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The Patriots can hold that over their head. If you really want Marvin Harrison, you have to move up a slot and extract a first-round pick. That's oh, with Arizona? Like, with Ari- you don't think they can? If totally. I, if, yep. if, if I was Elliot Wolf and I don't – we're not going with Marvin Harrison. We're not going with Jaden Daniels. Obviously, they're not putting this out to anybody, but – you can do some stuff to really convince teams. Yeah, we're we're interviewing Marvin Harrison Jr. We have multiple people. You send your offensive coordinator to Ohio State's pro day. Do that, and and send back McAdoo and Alex Van Pelt there to really convince them. And you could tie put put Arizona in a pretzel because what is the one thing Arizona needs? They need a wide receiver. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Hollywood Brown was the answer. He's also a free agent. Putting Kyler Murray with Marvin Harrison Jr. would give life to Kyler Murray's uh, potential. And you could make a trade for just moving up that one spot 
and extract a first-round pick from Arizona because you have that carrot. We can take them, and then you don't have anybody. Then you're taking uh, Roma Aduzier from Washington or Keon Coleman from Florida State, who the Roma do was probably mid-first round. Keon Coleman's probably mid, like late first round pick. Both wide receivers. And maybe they'll hit for you, but now you're Arizona. Are you gonna reach for one of those guys? You're gonna trade back. Now you're now you're on skates. So I got I got I got a trade package right now for you. Go ahead. If I'm them, I'm yeah. the Patriots. I call Arizona and I say you want Harrison Jr. Yeah. Okay, swap first-round picks. They only fall to four. You want your first-round pick next year. Uh-huh. You want a second-round pick next year or the year after. You uh-huh. want Trey McBride. Okay. Yep. Like, you, you can do that. And I think Arizona, honestly, would make that trade because you see a lot of times there's multiple first-round picks involved. There's multiple firsts and seconds involved. There's six to eight pick packages just to move up a couple of spots. They would right. definitely do that. And you can justify it because – your fan base can see that and your your offensive of coordinator can see, yes, we moved up to one spot. Yes, we gave up that first round pick. We just got Marvin Harrison Jr. We're uh-huh. pairing him with Kyler Murray. Like that's how you sell it. I would love Marvin Harrison on the Patriots, but then you drop back that one spot and you get the number one tackle off the board. Now you have your tackle. You have two first round picks next year. And a promising young tight end. And a promising young time. Like there, there you go. There, I, I, I can see merits on both sides. Would I prefer Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know I sure, do. absolutely. You know I do, and I'm okay with either trying. I'd be okay with later in the draft getting a quarterback that maybe has potential. Late in the dra- late in the draft, and having them fight out. That's that's what I would do but they might go a different direction. But I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. with the third pick in the draft and build my offense from there. That's what I would do. Three nice wide receivers. One is a potential top five receiver in in the NFL. And the other two, Demario Douglas, we've seen what he does on the field. Imagine Demario Douglas with Marvin Harrison having to require that attention. <laughs> now Demario can expand himself. And Kendrick Bourne had a great season until he got injured. I had a great season on a, on a really bad offense that was not coordinated at all. And this guy had an offense that runs with a solid tight end and a couple good receivers around him. Right. right. And, and and a good line with a with a with a good tackle, you know, anchoring it down. Right. That's, that's what I, that's you what don't I, have to have a stud quarterback to be competitive in that in that atmosphere. No, not with and, our defense. And it's proven time and time again. If an Alabama quarterback has a lot of talent around him, more often than not, that that quarterback will be successful. Tua, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> and it trails off there. <laughs> and then, well, I, I I I could go deeper, but I. I I can't name any more off the top of my head right now. Well, right, yeah. But the reason why I'm not bringing up Mac Jones is because he hasn't, like, his talent at wide receiver has diminished 
over the past three years. Yeah. And as the talent has diminished, the production has diminished. So that's that's just the that's just the matter of fact. Like and it and it kind of sucks for us, but Gerard Mayo has can see that and say, okay, what do we want to do? Do we want to go with Mac Jones? Well, now you have to make a now you have to make a decision on that fifth year option by July fourth. I don't know if if they don't get Marvin Harrison Jr. and they get they drop down and get Joe Olt or they draft a quarterback. Like you know, they're not taking. They, you know, you're not you're not picking up at the fourth year option, the fifth year option. I don't, anyways, personally. The only thing I would do is if he builds up a hell of a rapport with with Marvin Harrison Jr. in training camp before the deadline. Uh, we're talking off-season OTAs if he shows up, which, by the way, if I'm Matt Jones I'm show- and I'm still on the team, I'm showing up those OTAs, whether they're mandatory or not. I'm camping out three days beforehand to let him know right. you want to be there. Especially, <laughs> because, especially if they get Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, yeah. that's, I'm calling him up and, and saying – Screw Bailey Zappi. You and me, we link up. We'll, we'll make we'll make things happen. Because you see Mac Jones with talent. You've seen him with talent. Uh huh. He's he's done it at Alabama. He's he has just, the has the ability. You just have to put the pieces around him. He just needs the confidence, and that's what the te- that's what the team has to decide. So Ben McAdoo, Gerard Mayo, and Alex Van Pelt have to kind of decide and relay that to to the front office on what. At organizationally what they're going to do and I would just go with Marvin Harrison that's what I would do because I just know if it doesn't work with Mac and it doesn't work with Bailey Zappi I have a talented wide receiver that I can go get a quarterback next year if they suck really bad then guess what then you go get Shador Sanders you know he had a good season this year this past season, not great. They got some offensive line help. They're moving to the to the to the Big Twelve. I can see Shadur Sanders have an incredible season, being the first, second, or third pick in the draft. He's got the talent. He's got the drive. Does he have a little bit of ego? He's, he's Deion Sanders. Kid. Yeah, he's Deion Sanders. I mean, of course he of course does. He yeah, does. there's nothing wrong with that. No, I would be more happy. Like, 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 if you gave me, Chris, if you told me you can either have Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, or Shador Sanders, I'm going to take Shador Sanders 10 times out of 10. Because I just think he has a little bit more gravitas, a little bit more poise. Like, he took a beating, a beating behind that offensive line. Didn't miss a game. Whether, I mean, the only time he missed, plays was if it, if they were blowing out a team or they were getting completely blown out. Uh, but even then, he was still in late games uh, during those beatings. But he was taking it. Every, didn't miss a game. You could see him physically injured, and he was still trying to go out there. I think you put him a good def- uh, offensive line around him. Might see something different this year in Colorado. I'd be see, wor- I'd be willing to invest in him as your your quarterback of the future. That's what happens when your dad is a Hall of Fame cornerback and you end up having to throw against him in a yard playing catch with him for years. You become a high-level quarterback because right. you have to in order for it to be competitive. 
and, and, and you can argue the point like yes his dad was his, his dad has been his coach for the past i don't know six seven eight years between high school uh jackson jackson state and then uh colorado but no one puts more pressure on on shador sanders and the oh, of course of course so I just it's I not just, like the kid doesn't have talent. It's not like he doesn't belong. It's okay. like it's absurd to think otherwise. I mean, just watch him play. He's, he's got all the talent. And and even when he lost Travis Hunter for a while, he was still being productive. Not as productive, but he was still being productive. So no matter what quarterback we're talking about, you still need a like look at Mahomes. He still needs somebody to throw the ball yeah. to consistently that will catch the ball. But that's what I would do personally. Well, we uh, went a little bit long on that one topic, so yeah. I think we're going to save the rest for a future episode. We'll sure. table it. We'll table the uh, Red Sox talk in the uh, – well, we won't pick award winners next time. We'll discuss them uh, yeah. because they'll be out by by then. Uh, but <laughs> – excuse me. Uh, anything else? Are you good? I'm all set, man. All right. Uh, if you have any questions in this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, We'd love to hear from you. We're going to get in touch with us. You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS pod, Facebook, Ben and Chris talk sports or Instagram, Ben underscore Chris talk sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your podcast, leave a rating and review and ask a friend to do the same. Greatly appreciate the support for Ben. I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you right back here next time. Thank you.